24 minutes before 9 o'clock and Pituz Lutuli joins me, investment manager at Lutuli Capital. Do good evening to you. Are you well? Sure, I don't know how to feel now after that story. Yeah. <laughs> context, <laughs> my brother, context. That is, that is, that is heavy. But, it's uh, heavy stuff, no, I'm it still is alive. Easy. I'm still well. How I've missed you, brother. I've missed you too, bro. I was actually thinking about <laughs> you today. I was watching that guy who keeps saying "sal, sal." I don't know why. I don't know why. Every time I see that guy, I just think about you. Massage for it. Massage. Three reasons why we overspend. Look, I'm one of those guys. I've got to tell you now, I, I'm bad with money. So my wife takes care of it. I don't even know how much I earn. Right? I've got to tell you. Yeah. So well, my wife takes care of that stuff. Day, you, you just, you, you just even know, bro. To the wife. Absolutely. <laughs> and I shut up and I get my, my, my allowance and, and things are okay. <laughs> but, but, but why is it that we, we just overspend so badly to do? Yeah, for sure. So I, I chose this topic for tonight after a financial coaching session I had earlier in the week with one of my clients. And we spent several sessions together drafting her budget and investment plan. But every two to three months, she keeps self-sabotaging due to impulsive overspending. And I've helped her realize that her problem is not a lack of funds. She actually has quite a good, she earns quite a good income. But yeah. that is... It's a, it's a lack of self-discipline, a lack of self-control, and it's unfortunately an all-too-common problem and one that persists in our consumerism society, so you're definitely not alone, Aubrey. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to resist the allure of impulse purchases while because while everyone knows the importance of making smart money decisions, many people fall into the trap of overspending even while trying to cultivate good financial ha- uh, habits. And I'm hoping to help the listeners tonight by addressing this, this problem because hopefully once you know the how and the why behind overspending, uh, I'm hoping that you can start addressing it and hopefully break the habit. So why do people overspend? The reason behind overspending can be a bit nuanced, but generally it falls into one of three categories, yeah. three main categories. And those are uh, ignorance, convenience, or lack of self-discipline. And, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll explain uh, each one in a bit more detail. That last one sounds one. uncannily like something I can sort of... <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> or, but go ahead, yeah? Or, or a combination of all three sure. uh, for some people. Yeah. You know, so what, what am I saying about ignorance before anyone gets too offended? Yeah. Uh, basically, many people overspend because they have no concept of how much money passes through their wallet on a daily or monthly basis. Yeah. They, they may have an estimate of what they pay for the everyday expenses like petrol, groceries, clothing, whatever it is. But the number that they have in their head, this estimate number, is often very far from the reality. It's often very far from what they're actually spending. Yeah. And I think it's such an eye-opening experience to see where your money is going. Mm-hmm. And that's why we always say, if you are serious about creating wealth, Wealth is about managing your income. You know, I read a, I read a statement yesterday to say that um, if you're earning income, you have demonstrated that you can create value. But to create wealth, it's about managing your income. How much can you retain? Yeah. And the first part is being of, of, of creating wealth and of stopping overspending, of combating overspending, yeah. is knowing where your money is going. That's why it's so important to track 
And if you don't have money at the end of the month, I can tell you this for free now. I meet people who say, I don't have the money to invest. And 100% of the, of the people that I've met who say they don't have money to invest, none of them, not one of them actually budgets. You can't fix a problem if you can't quantify the problem. Yeah. Every time I meet a client who tells me they don't have enough money to invest, every single time that same client does not have a budget. So the first reason why you, you overspend is because of ignorance. Yeah. If you have not quantified the problem and you actually don't know where the hole is in the bucket, you can't fix it. I, so, I, I think I think one yeah. of the things that we seriously need to talk about as a as a people and as, as a nation as a country is our violent aversion to the word ignorance. It simply means you yeah. don't know, right? I mean, and and what happens is that we get all so angry when somebody says, "No, we're ignorant about something," and maybe it's because yeah. we sometimes use the word pejoratively. But yeah, if I don't know something, maybe it would help me to get to know that thing, and maybe I won't suffer from the problem that I that that persists as a result of my ignorance about that thing. So for me, too, I think the important thing is that we need to make peace with the fact that we don't know when we don't know, you know? Yeah. I would say, forgive yourself for not knowing what you don't know. Yep. But once you do know, you can act accordingly. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Absolutely. absolutely. So the second, the second reason is convenience. So yep. what am I talking about when I say convenience? I'm talking about if you are constantly purchasing with credit cards, debit cards, or digital wallets like uh, Apple Pay. You know, those are very, those are picking up nowadays. Yes. Because these are very convenient ways to actually purchase things. Yes. Now, it is this convenience that causes overspending. Multiple studies globally have proven a direct color, uh, a correlation between using cash and decreased spending, or rather more purposeful spending. This is because it's painful to use cash because it's a physical exchange or it's a physical loss. You must take out the money, you must count it out, and then hand it over. And this process might seem like a mundane process, but it's actually a great psychological weapon for reducing overspending. And I always say to people, ask yourself why every single financial institution in the world encourages the use of digital payment, be it via a card or a digital wallet. It's because they've spent billions, billions of dollars researching how to get you to spend more. You know, <laughs> these, they're not doing this convenience out of the goodness of, the, of their heart. Yeah. They actually understand the psychology of this. That yeah. It'll get you to spend more because human beings naturally choose the path of least resistance. Yeah. And cards and digital wallets are marketed for their convenience because they are convenient. And wow. that convenience leads to more spending, especially uh, uh, impulse spending. And I'll pick on I'll pick on a, a on an app that I used to use and I've deleted. And that's Uber Eats. You know how many people spend money ordering food because it's convenient when there's actual food in the house yeah. that simply requires them to cook. And, and, and you need to understand that one of the main causes of overspending is small, convenient purchases day after day because it's so easy to part with your money. Physical cash forces you to actually stop, 
and think about what you are doing. Yeah. And the real danger is not in the big purchases. Because think about it, we've, we've actually conditioned ourselves to be somewhat aware to some degree when we're making big purchases. You know, you don't just wake up and buy a house. Yes. And usually if there's big purchases, there's it also usually includes some form of tedious paperwork. And this should act as a way to make us pause and think and say, should I really do this? The real danger is in those small everyday purchases compounded over days, over weeks, over years. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's what you need to be aware of. There's a reason why they give you these things. They are convenience. Yes, they are. But it's that convenience that puts you on autopilot that actually just gets you swiping, 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 and yeah. Next thing you know, uh, I I, I hadn't thought about what you've just uh, mentioned, uh, um, do about the the convenience and the the billions of dollars that go into the R and D as to how to manipulate us as far as that is concerned. It now makes yeah. a lot of sense because I suppose w- when you are not necessarily touching the very symbol of your effort, <laughs> you know the very mm. s- substance of your work, your hard work, and it's just a matter of the pressing of a button. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I understand how it's easy to, at some level in your mind, to silently rationalize that, nah, it's just another pressing of the button, when it's actually money that's going, yeah? It's actually money. It's, it's gamifying the experience. You know, just think about if you go into a shop and you had to buy a t-shirt for 2,000 rand, and I, I don't know how people justify that, but, you know, if you have to take up the physical cash and count it out, 100, 200, 304, uh, you know, at some point you're like, what am I doing here? I'm about to buy a t-shirt for 2,000 rand, but that swipe, or it's not even a swipe anymore, that tap, and that's it. And it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not real money. No, it's absolutely. Just, it is real money. You're going to owe someone, and, and this goes to the third point, yeah. which is a, a lack of self-discipline. And one can also label this as as just this insatiable hunger for death, because it takes willpower to say no to something you want immediately. It's very difficult to know this. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons people overspend is that they, they struggle to to think ahead to the consequences of this action. Yeah. You should never forget that money has a seductive side and it tells you that it will solve all your problems, but it won't. It's great to have money. It's great to have lots of it. If your life is in balance and you keep a proper perspective, but if you lose that perspective, then you're in trouble because the first way to make sure money doesn't own us is to deal with the issue of debt. Uh, we would do well to remember the old proverb which says the borrower is the servant to the lender. Indeed. When we are in debt, we owe someone. And because of this, they have a certain amount of control over us. We are, in, in, in essence, their servant. And this is not the way of financial freedom. When it comes to debt, when it comes to impulse, lack of, of, of self-discipline, the only mindset should be one of ruthless opposition. And listen, I understand I'm saying these things do that's wonderful. Practice is another thing. But yes, it has to be a habit. You have to do it every day. Every day. It must become a habit because exactly that. We're moving away from convenience. 
it's going to be hard, but it must become a habit. We need to see debt as the very enemy of our financial lives. See, and you, you know, you, sorry, you, you study the history of credit. Why was credit actually created? These credit providers, they're not our friends. We're not doing this for our convenience for, for our good health. If there was no credit, they wouldn't be able to charge you 2 million rand for a car. They wouldn't be able to charge you 5 million rand for a house because if everything had to be saved up for and purchased, you can't, you can't do these things. You'd have, it would literally limit the price of things. That's why they create some credit. They're like, listen, I'm your friend. I'll let you pay it off over 20 years. Isn't mm. that nice? No. <laughs> they're, not your, they're not your friend. You and, need and, to understand that this And is obviously, yeah. it's usually the so-called middle class that it has access to that kind of credit. And then... Yeah, we walk around glibly talking about my car and my house when, in fact, it's actually not yours, eh? <laughs> I, 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 always, I always say, you want to know who owns that car or that house? Don't, don't pay for, for, for a couple of months and see who, who really owns it. <laughs> really but but here's, here's the thing, um, do. Uh, you know, I, I, I suffer from, I don't know, slightly, something slightly different. I, I give money away and... and <laughs> I, I give money away, and, and that is my big problem. I, I tend to, to get into a situation where I've, I've got a bit of money in, in my hand, and I'll walk into a place, and, and, I, and I'll walk out, and I'll, I'll have given it away. And I, and I realize that that's not, that's, not, that's not nice. That's not holy. That's not, that's not philanthropic. It's plain stupid. <laughs> so yeah. I realize that. And I'm not saying that people, and I'm not saying, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be generous. So, so my my answer to that is that I don't handle money. I I absolutely don't handle money. My my wife handles the finances in the house. I get a bit of an allowance when she's feeling, (laughs) when she's feeling generous. But, but how do you, how do you, how do you reprimand a guy like me who just gives money away? What needs to happen there? Do I need to find religion? What, what needs to happen? Look, it's, it's, it's always about understanding what's, what's driving the, the... It's always about understanding what's driving the behavior. Yeah. You know, finance, like everything else, is, is psychological. Yeah. And it's about understanding your mindset. You know, if we, if we look at debt, think about the concept of debt for a minute, especially that specific ab- action of going into debt in order to purchase something that you want, but you don't have the funds to pay for. Yeah. Now, you, you might not ever articulated this way in your mind but what you're actually really saying is i don't have the money for this but i want it so much that i cannot go any longer without it and not only that i'm willing to pay more for the, for this thing than what it actually costs yeah and what this boils down to is an is an issue of control yeah. can you control your your urges yeah. and that's why we say that uh, I think also the problem people have is that we we uh, we godify money when money is just a a tool, and like any tool, you need to give it a purpose for, yeah. so that it can serve you. Yeah. As an example, my three basic princi- principles that I've burdened my money with: I've said I don't want to have debt. I want to ensure that I can retire, and that second one is a big one because more than ninety six percent of South Africans. I'm sorry to say this will never retire as yeah. it stands. They're going to work till the day they pass. So it's a huge crisis. Yeah. 
you know? And the, and the third thing for me is to give my children a world-class education. So I've got these three priorities, yeah. and every single thing I do with my money resolves around these three things. Mm-hmm. And every time I want to do an impulse purchase or get a loan, or I say, but remember point number one, you said you don't want to be in debt, yes. you know? Every time I'm like, oh, let me overspend, I'm like, but are you on track for your retirement? Yes. You know, so you, you money is a tool, and like any tool, you must give it purpose because if you're not giving it purpose, uh, that's where these things yeah. happen. So, and many people more specifically say how to stop overspending. Yeah. Give us a call. Oh, double one. Yeah. Oh, let me just invite the callers on this one. Oh, double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. Do you resonate? Do you recognize yourself in those three major reasons why we overspend? Love to take your calls and hear how you've perhaps dealt with it as you've gotten to understand it. And maybe this conversation has made it uh, a little more apparent to you what the problem that you have with money. I'll tell you what my issue is, do. I've I've had this idea that I don't want to be controlled by money, right? I, I, I don't want to be controlled by, uh, by having money. And I think that that's where perhaps the problem is, that in wanting to not be controlled by money, I'm then controlled by the impulse to give it away because I don't want to be controlled by it. And that in itself is something that can be very problematic. So I, I get yeah. what you're saying, that you, you need to understand the, the not-so-obvious underlying issues behind the way you behave when it when it pertains to money if 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 somebody's listening to this show right now to this conversation right now and realizes that they've got these (laughs) these financial pathologies what's the first step what what do they need to do so and I'm going to say this, and a lot of people are not going to like it because everyone is listening and they're waiting for some deep, sage advice. And I actually deeply dislike it when I re- when I see these articles or whatever, and they use clickbait words of the secret, the secret of blah 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 in their headlines, yeah. especially with finance. Because let us be honest, there is no secret to this stuff. People in publications may discard it as a secret, but when you read, when you go into this article, how to stop overspending, the secret to stop overspending, when you go into it, you realize that it's plain logic than anything else. Yeah. And I get it that the word secret reels people in and everyone is looking for that fast and secret solution. But when it comes to wealth building, when it comes to creating the right habits, there is no secret. Yeah. Wealth building is solely about cultivating the correct habits and having the discipline to follow through decade after decade. And it's the cumulative financial actions that you take and repeat over your lifetime. So I say to, to, to anyone that is ever serious about managing, controlling, and growing their wealth, where do you start? You start by financial literacy. It boggles the mind how many people want to become millionaires and billionaires, but will never make the effort to ever read a financial literacy book. How can you ever master a system if you don't even know what the rules are? People have this weird idea that that somehow I'm gonna gonna attain a million rand, and once I have this million rand, this money's gonna resonate financial skills somehow. Some osmosis thing is gonna happen where 
if you want to be wealthy, the first step is financial literacy. Because the more you understand yeah. about the history of money, about the financial system, about the history of credit, the more you actually understand what is the system, then you start having the aha moment. Mm. Then you start actually enjoying saving. You start enjoying investing. You start enjoying doing a budget. Why? Because you understand the purpose of it. And it's no longer just something that you heard him do say on the radio. Do you say I must do a budget? Because nobody wants you, to. You actually internalize it, yeah. Yeah, you internalize it. You give it purpose. And until you actually understand why must I budget? Why must I save? Why must I invest? You are never going to do it because this thing is it's difficult. It is extremely That's difficult. True. I will be the Dude. first person to say it, but it's about. You've got to learn the habits and, and, and become financially literate. Do. Got to let you go, my brother. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you demystifying money for us every week. We'll speak next week. Always a pleasure. Thank it you. This is Lutuli, investment manager at Lutuli Capital. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Eyewitness News. I'm talking to Rob Van Fieren in the next hour.